Father, we come before you this Sunday, and Lord, it is so amazing uh, what you've done for us. And we, you know, we talk about um, how... Uh, what you did for all of us, it is, it is, you didn't just save any one of us. You, when Christ died yeah. on the cross, the sins of the whole world were taken yeah. away. And, and Lord, they need to know that yeah. so that they will trust Jesus for everlasting life. And Father, I pray you'd help us today. It's always scary to me. Any week I get up here to talk about the Holy Spirit, Lord, fearful I won't have it. Fearful that he won't be here. Fear, fearful that we might not sense his presence. And uh, Lord, I know you always honor your word. So we're just claiming that today. We're asking that you'd be with us as we look into your word right now. We ask it in Jesus' precious and powerful name. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated in the Lord's presence. If you have your Bible with you, if you'll turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 14, and we're looking at one of not the greater moments in the life of Jesus' disciples. I'd say this was kind of a spiritual downtime for them because it seems like everything is going wrong right here at the end of Christ's ministry. And the Jews are out to deal with this band of men who are following Rabbi Jesus because they want to eliminate him. Judas has shown he's the traitor among the twelve, and they didn't even know it because he's just been possessed by the devil himself, and he leaves the room to go and betray Jesus. Now it's just one reason to be afraid. Peter is now told that he will publicly deny Jesus three times before the rooster crows twice. And now the real kick in the head is how Jesus says he's going to leave. What does that mean? I mean, is he going to go hide himself among the Gentiles? And then maybe later on things cool down, he comes back. I want you to notice in the first six verses of this chapter, Jesus is saying, look, I've got to go to prepare a place for you to come. And you cannot come to me until I come back for you. And then a little later on, Philip, the true man of faith, says, Are you kidding me? I mean, we put all our marbles into your bag, Jesus, and you're leaving us? And Jesus, we had enough of a problem trying to make it when you were here with us. So how in the world do you expect us to make it if you leave us now? That atmosphere, late at night in an upper room, second story apartment in Jerusalem, is where Jesus begins the process of unfolding the revelation of the ministry of the third member of the Trinity. And he tells them in verse 16 about their need for the Holy Spirit's Indwelling. That was different than anything ever accomplished in the Old Testament. I mean, Holy Spirit might come on or even come in someone, but he never dwelled in them permanently. So today I want you to walk out of here knowing the enablement provided by this endowment of the Holy Ghost in power. But the key is what you are doing with the Holy Spirit in your own spirit. Because here's our thesis for today's study. The function of the Holy Spirit is the indispensable factor as to whether you are a failure or a success in your Christian life. It just is. And Jesus tells his disciples that even though he has to leave, he's not going to leave them home alone. 
there will be another person who will take his place to lead them. This leader will be with them and be just as good as Jesus to them. As a matter of fact, he will go one step further because he's going to be in them. So first off, he says, I'm sending you someone to replace me, not something. You know, one of our fundamental problems is that we look for the wrong thing first. So you hear people talk about their need for Holy Spirit power. And make no mistake, it's power of the Holy Ghost. That is a special need. But, and this is our first point for study, there is only the need for Holy Ghost power after you have met the Holy Ghost person. How do you walk in the Spirit? What does it mean? Well, I think you ought to just do a Bible study sometime to figure that out because basically it means you worship in the Spirit so that you can live, love, and be led by the Spirit. It means you have the mind of the Spirit so you can pray in the Spirit to receive the power of the Spirit, to produce the fruit of the Spirit in the unity of the Spirit by the fellowship of the Spirit. So when you start relating to the Holy Spirit as a power first, then you're always looking for the power and you miss the person. Now, here's the kicker. When you deal with a person, you cannot deal with them without considering relationship. And here's our second point for study. Relationship with Christ in this life exists in order to extend ministry for Christ through you. And that is only done through the person of the Holy Spirit. What Christians tend to want today are power surges. They want that cathartic experience and that everything changes after that, that crisis moment to help them live their own human life. And God says, that's not what I'm after. You know, the praise music contributes and the uh, preaching contributes and fellowship of the saints contributes and we leave here all fired up. But if all you get today is a momentary surge of Holy Ghost power without leaving with a relationship with a Holy Ghost person, then you're going to wind up with a Holy Ghost deficit in your spiritual life. So the first thing Jesus wants you to know is that you are dealing with a person who has replaced his physical presence. And that's why it says in verse 17, that ye know him, and he dwelleth, he tells the disciples, right now he dwelleth with you. But there's going to come a dispensational change in Acts chapter 2. And once I go back and then send him, he shall be in you. So he is a person, and verse 26 calls him the Holy Ghost. And you know, there's a lot in a name. Number one, he's called Holy Because he reflects the standard of God, which is separate from all that is unlike who God is or what God does. Number two, he's called spirit because he is a non-material being. So you cannot detect him by your five senses, but he is the very breath of God. And finally, number three, sometimes called ghost, holy ghost, because he is able to haunt your body and inhabit it. He is able to possess your personality and change it. We say an old dog can't learn new tricks. Well, that's true if all you is is a dog. 
If you a dog, then that's true of you. You know what? In the scripture, a dog is a Bible type or picture of an unsaved person. Once you're born again, no, you got to change all the time. And you change in response to your relationship with the Holy Ghost. So Jesus makes a statement very clearly in verse 17. That the world does not receive him, but Christians know him. Uh, We talk about getting saved by receiving Jesus, but really what you receive is the Holy Spirit so that you can know him. And the reason that the world does not know him is for the same reason that you cannot listen to a radio station if you do not have a radio. So the frequencies, they're going through the air, but the lost world does not have a receiver. But Jesus has implanted within you a receiver when you get born again. So in the midst of discouragement, in the midst of fear, in the midst of loneliness, in the midst of insecurity, even in the midst of sin, God gives us the Holy Ghost. And here's our third point for study. When the Holy Ghost indwells the believer, he enables the believer to see and to do what God wants. Now, if you would turn to John chapter 15, go a, go a chapter uh, further. Keep your finger here in chapter 14. But this is not a theological doctrine that is unrelated to your daily life in Christ. Since Jesus is about to tell his disciples here in this next chapter, verse 5, John fifteen five, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, okay, you abide in Jesus by abiding in his word. He abides in you by the Holy Ghost. The same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. I mean, he makes just this blanket statement. All this stuff you cannot do. Now, many of us have discovered that. I mean, no matter how many times we read the Bible or no matter how many times we give ourselves positive affirmation, we discover the inability of our flesh to be what God wants us to be and to do what God wants us to do on our own. We regularly discover our total insufficiency. So Jesus says back in uh, uh, chapter uh, 14, verse 16, I'm going to give you another helper. Now, I want you to look at that name that Jesus gives him. He calls him Comforter. The James gang also translates this Advocate. Because let me hit you with the definition. Comforter literally means one called alongside in order to enable you. Somebody close enough to the situation to represent you. Someone who can go to the judge and get him to make the right call for you. Jesus says, I know you disciples are wondering, after I go, how are you going to have the power to pull it off? I mean, especially in light of the setbacks we just suffered and the failures I just predicted. Well, I'm going to give you another comforter, another advocate, another helper. Peter's not going to take my place. Holy Spirit is going to take my place. So I'm going to leave you now, but I'm going to provide you with another enabler. He is not the Father, but he's sent by the Father on behalf of the Son. So no matter what your circumstance, your problem, or your trial, 
No matter your frustration, irritation, or exacerbation, even in confusion, you will have this divine helper. And he'll always be with you because he's going to be inside of you. Because when a person trusts Jesus for what he promises, which is everlasting life, 33 things happen at the moment you trust. This is just one of them. But at the bottom line, you are put in Christ. The Holy Spirit is put in you. And his job is to be the secret agent on the inside helping you. Because he transfers the divine nature to you. And this is very critical. Because here's our fourth point for study. The best help you have for whatever problem that you face is first of all inside of you, not outside of you. Now, you know, we are Bible believers. We make a big deal of the Bible, as, as we should. It's God's word. But you know what? Um, um, it, I, I guess it is a, there is a help outside of you in the word of God, and that's important. But the problem is, the Holy Spirit is the one who makes the Bible understood. So he's, he's kind of the, the first most important helper. And he is inside of you. You may not even have a Bible with you, but you have him. How often do you grieve the Holy Ghost by not going to him first? How often do you grieve him by putting other relationships first? How often do you grieve him by ignoring the comfort that he offers. You know, one of the fundamental problems of loneliness and depression and remaining in our fear is because we go to the wrong persons first. Now, let me underline this for you. My name is Alan. I am your friend. But I am not the Holy Spirit. Your discipler is not the Holy Spirit. Your spouse is not. physical presence with us right now could not achieve where he's still here on planet Earth. Okay, let me open a window on that word, because when I pray at the end of this service, then we're all going to get in our cars and scatter. And some will go up north, north of the river, and others will go out west Overland Park, and some will go uh, further east of Blue Springs, and some will go uh, south of Lee Summit. But if Jesus were here today, he would only be able to go in one direction, because the location of his deity has been poured into his humanity, And since I'm the pastor, he'd go to lunch with me. I'm just saying. Just call me Zacchaeus, because if if you go to Lee's Summit and you need Jesus, he might be with me at the Mexican restaurant in Grain Valley. And if you're going Northland and you need Jesus, you don't want to hear that he's visiting me in Independence. Because when you need Jesus, you need him right now, and you need his attention undivided. So guess what? In order for Jesus to meet the needs of all saints everywhere, whether in Ukraine or Latin America or Africa, he had to leave so the Spirit would be sent who is not limited by space-time. So if he is indwelling you, he is wherever you happen to be, And wherever you happen to go, you take him with you. And so now, and this is our sixth point for study, you're never at any point, at any point in a situation where you have less access to Jesus than you ever did before. You say, well, Anne, well, then, then why are some Christians so successful and other ones are so defeated? Well, it's not because they have less of the Holy Spirit. It's because the Holy Spirit has less of them. Hello, somebody. 
is because they haven't stayed topped up, you know, with the filling of the Holy Spirit. Watch, verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Notice the Trinity. The Father sends the Spirit in the name of the Son. So the whole Trinity is wrapped up in one objective and at work for you. And this is very important. When you call a major law firm today and you say, look, I've got a real estate problem, they will transfer you and route your call to a lawyer who is an expert in real estate law because in a firm, you all share expertise. Well, there's one firm in glory called the Godhead. And there are three full partners in this firm. God, God and Son. Each one has a sphere of responsibility. So let me show you this. The responsibility that exists within the Trinity. First, the Father conceives a plan in eternity. So he lays this out. Satan steps in. Sin comes into the cosmos. It looks like it wrecks God's eternal plan. God says, no, I can solve that. I'll just use resurrection. I'll give new life to these souls that have fallen into sin. Well, son says, you know, that ain't going to happen unless someone takes death on their behalf. And so the son makes the plan possible in time through the cross. Then the Holy Ghost implements the plan in practice by giving you new life when you trust what Jesus did on the cross. So now go forward two chapters to John chapter 16. Of what is Christ's purpose in sending us this special agent on the inside? John 16 verse 14 says, He shall glorify me, Jesus says, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. So the Holy Ghost has one overarching goal, that is to glorify Jesus the Son. So if you want the Holy Spirit's power, you've got to start going for the glory of Jesus. Because what the Holy Ghost is about is advertising Jesus Christ. That's what it means by his glory. His job is to put Jesus and what he did on display to the world through you. So whenever you have anything which transcends the priority of Jesus, and yet you do feel like you have power, that's not really the Holy Ghost that's doing it. I mean, if you are ever in a church... And ever in the type of service where, you know, there's, it feels like there's power, but they're not really glorifying Jesus. That is some other kind of spirit because the Holy Spirit is not here to advertise himself. He is here to exalt Jesus in the eyes of others by getting them to see the gospel is true. So he especially puts a spotlight on the cross. So we are God's advertising agency as the Holy Ghost works in our lives to enable us to magnify the person of Jesus Christ through our personality as we are made more and more Christ-like over time. The Holy Ghost is all about making Jesus preeminent. As a matter of fact, 1 John 4, 3 says, It is the Antichrist who diminishes Christ. So anything that puts Christ in second place, that's the Antichrist. And this is very important because here's what that means. Our final point for study is this. If you're not living for the glory of Jesus Christ, then you're not going to get help from the Holy Spirit of God. 
So what are you living for this week? If you say, Holy Spirit, help me, but your passion at that moment is not the glory of Jesus, then there's nothing for him to help you do. He is our helper, but he wants to help you reveal Jesus. Watch. Look on your handout at 1 Corinthians 6. I mean, this is, this is amazing me because Paul pastored that church for a year and a half. And yet right here, uh, he has to say, man, how is it that you guys don't know this? Verse 19, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you're not your own. For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The Holy Ghost is in your body so that in your body you can glorify God. Therefore, if I am not glorifying God with my body, I am not getting the power of the Holy Ghost, whose only goal is to glorify God by magnifying Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is indwelling you so that he can give you the freedom to exalt the cross of Christ to others. So if you want the power of the Spirit wherever you're facing in this life, then your priority in this life has to be the advertisement of Jesus. Now finally, I want us to consider the benefits of being enabled by the Holy Ghost because they're all wrapped up in that name Comforter. But let me detail some specific ones. Still in chapter 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. He could have said, verily, verily. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Expedient means this is to your advantage. The James gang also translates it better for good and profitable for. So you will be better off for my going away because you will be brought together with the Holy Ghost in a new way. Well, in what way? Well, you know, some of you may have a gold or platinum credit card of some kind. Either American Express or MasterCard or Visa or Discover. And if you establish good credit with those companies, they will offer you this card, uh, usually for a fee, but they know you can afford it now, and, and you will get these perks, and you become a preferred customer. And when you get those higher-level credit cards, they send you a brochure in order to outline the advantages of being a member of that club. And since you hold one of those cards, there are certain rights and privileges which accrue to you that the holder of the regular credit card does not receive. Uh, When it comes to merchandise, you get a special warranty. When it comes to car rentals, you get special insurance. When it comes to certain credit terms, you get priority. And uh, sometimes you even get holiday extensions. And you know what? That's not even all. Because you also get reward points now valid for the future. Because you use that credit card in the right way. Also, if you have one of these premium cards, no matter where you're at in the world... 
They give you a toll-free number to access their offices. And if you have an emergency, their concierge will find you a doctor. If, if you need transportation, they will call you a cab. They will make you a hotel reservation. They, they, they will be your personal assistant via wireless communication. And your relationship to the company gives you benefits you can resort to. Jesus says, because of your relationship to me, I'm going to make you a gold card holder. Uh, Because of your relationship to me, I'm going to put you in the Holy Ghost Club. I'm going to go away to be working on your business for you. But I'm going to give you access to privileges the normal person does not see. And somebody better not miss miss their shout cue right here. Because when you call... My assistant will become your concierge. When you call, my assistant is going to bail you out of trouble. When you call, my assistant will send angelic help. All you got to do is call and then just charge it to Jesus. Put the name of Jesus down for what you need. Put his name down. I'll make all these benefits accrue to you. Even valuable rewards, valid in the future. Now, anybody with good credit can get gold car privileges because they can't discriminate based on race or gender. But you know, a lot of people never join. And anybody who, who is saved and born again can be in the Holy Ghost Club. But even a lot of believers never do. Uh, the club is available worldwide simply because you are a member of Christ's body. What are the privileges which come with membership and overrule and override any mess going on in your life. Here are the gold card privileges. Number one, he will give you global positioning into truth. Chapter 16, verse 13. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Don't you need somebody to guide you? I mean, don't you wish there was somebody who understood your position and the place you are at so well that he could always guide you to God's goal? Aren't there decisions that you need to make which you just wish that somebody would advise you with truth that makes sense and makes you secure? One of the advantages of the ghost card is he will guide you in the decisions of your life because he will lead you in making choices that bring you to his position by God's providence. That means in career. That means in your marriage. All the answers he gives will be tied to his truth. And that's why we miss out so many times. We want to go our own way. Instead of stick to the path, lighted by his word. But second, second, on the other hand, back to chapter 14, John 14. This is number two. He will remind you of truth already given, verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I've said unto you. You know, Jesus taught his disciples a whole lot in the years that he was... With them, I mean, three, they had, and they got in three and a half years, what, you know, we get in a lifetime because they were with him every day. They went every place he went, every time he spoke, every time he did anything. Well, the Holy Spirit always guards 
His truth. So the question is, how are we going to remember it accurately? Well, the Holy Spirit always preserves God's Word. That is why we know, I know, He is God's Word is preserved for you in a King James Bible. And you know, some of you come to church 52 Sundays a year. Some of you come 40 or 45. Some of you over the next year, I may see you 10 or 12. And some of you are CME Christians. Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter. How do you remember what you need when you need it? You don't have to. But you do have to study to show yourself approved. You do have to concentrate. You do have to show up and and be with us on Sundays and assemble with the saints. You do have to write things down. Yeah, you do have to hide things in your heart. But you don't have to remember it all on your own. Because one ghost card's privilege is that the Holy Spirit is your memory stick. And he's already picked up every word and and every illustration and everything you need so that at the proper time, you can push the button and it pops up on your desktop. And he will bring to your remembrance the exact things you need to know. He will give you Holy Ghost thinking as Holy Spirit filling, and that is one of the privileges of the ghost card. You say, but Alan, wait a minute. Why do I not seem to remember things when I'm in trouble? I mean, why doesn't it come back to me like you're talking about? Well, it only comes to those to whom the Father will disclose it, and he only discloses it to those who are in concert with his Spirit, And so if you are not walking in the Spirit, I mean, if you're not serving, if you are not ministering, if you're not part of every member ministry at this church, if you are not consecrated to glorifying Jesus, then when you hit the button, it won't necessarily reboot. Now third, this number three, you will have peace. Verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Because my peace is not tied to happenings and happenstance. It is peace that I give. It's not as the world giveth, because the world's peace is up and down, depending on the circumstances at the time. No, I give it unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I'm leaving you, but you're still going to get peace. The Pharisees will try and kill you, but you will still have peace. Your Judas will betray you, but you will still have peace. Why? Because the Holy Ghost will deliver it when he comes. So if you want that relief from anxiety, and psychotherapy isn't working, try a relationship with the Holy Ghost. Because in the final analysis, this is number four, God dwells in you. Verse 17 of John 14, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Now there are a lot of other privileges with the ghost card. I mean, there is assurance and there's security. But if he is not in you, then the Bible says you are none of his. So if you do not have this comforter and you do not know communion with him personally, it's because you've not yet trusted Jesus for everlasting life. Will you do that right now? I mean, you can get all of this starting today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You know, I've been 
some places at some times, and I've listened to what, what were even professional evangelists. And I put myself in the place of an unsaved person. I listen to what they say, and, you know, I, it's like, man, I don't even know what to do. They get up and say, well, you know, you've got to raise your hand and let me pray for you. And then you've got to stand up, and then you've got to come forward, and, you, and then you've got to pray a prayer. And it's like, man, if I were, uns- if I were lost and I wanted to know exactly what to do to get saved, I wouldn't know whether to spit or wind my watch. And that's why Jesus makes it so easy. Because all you've got to do is pray and trust him for what he promises you. Just pray. Pray right now and say, Jesus, I trust you today for eternal life. I believe, so I receive. God, save me for Jesus' sake. And make me born again. I'm putting Jesus' name to this request. Amen. And if... If you give your life to Jesus, he's going to give his life to you. The Holy Spirit will fill you as you get into his word. So if you prayed that today, come here to the front, either while we're singing or when the praise team gets done. Meet with one of our altar workers here at the front or with me. I want to give you a copy of my book, Next Steps for New Believers.